here we are and welcome to another episode of the friday night movie podcast we are going to go as quickly as we can through lily and becky's updates this week because we have two incredible guests we have gabe diani and etta divine the writers producers creators stars of the selling and diani and divine meet the apocalypse both movies you know we've been raving about the last few weeks they graciously agreed to join us so i'm going to welcome them quickly and then we can all hear lily and becky's stories and then we'll jump into talking to them welcome gabe welcome etta it is great to have you as part of the friday night movie family hi thanks for having us thanks for having us we are, um, yeah, we are so we are so thrilled, and it's going to get very up close and personal today with us first because, as as we mentioned in our pre-show conversation, Lily does live with our parents right now, who have been stranded. Stranded? I don't know. I think they're just staying on their own know. right now because they like being mentioned on the podcast. Lily, mom and dad both went to the hospital, and thank goodness for like nothing death or dangerous related, but, but still made it very funny. What is the deal? Um, so this week, mom, like this week's episode is about mom getting a colonoscopy in Spain because she, um, and an I endoscopy. Guess, like, she got a two for one, right? both. she got a two for one deal. Um, and, and the, she, she loves a good colonoscopy because she tricked me into getting one when I was 21. She, she likes a good, like, clean situation um, and is, anyways, that's not, I could digress. But um, so she, I was a bit nervous because it, as much as, yay, Spain, that's so much fun. You know, I, I'm not sure the healthcare system is up to their standards, <laughs> even though I had made two humans here and one through IVF. So, like, I devoted myself to the healthcare system and popped out children, but I don't know what their standards are. So I was a little bit nervous. And mom, uh, she calls me from the hospital. I was like, I just want to make sure like you're okay. Call me when you get out of the colonoscopy. I want to hear your voice. And um, she calls me on her way home to my apartment. And she's like, I'm okay. It's fine. Um, I was like, did they treat you nicely? Everything was all right. And she was like, oh, they were wonderful. There was one thing though that... Um, when they gave me the like dressing gown, like to wear for the procedure, um, I like got dressed and then I go into like to go get ready for the procedure. And there's the nurse and the doctors and anesthesiologist, and they all just are like laughing at me and like cracking up. And I was like, geez, what's the deal with that? And and I was like, oh, mom, that's so rude. I'm so sorry. She's like, no, it's fine. It turns out that um, they had given me uh, disposable underwear, but I thought it was a hat. So she's like, <laughs> Classic I, mom. I, she's like, so I put the underwear on my head. I was like, why? She's like, why would I need underwear in a colonoscopy? So I assumed it was some sort of hat. <laughs> and, and that's why they were laughing. And they said, man, you could take that off and throw that out now. And so mom, I was like, that, that was worth everything. That was worth you. That was worth you coming here and getting stuck. The, the and needing a medical procedure. Same. No, not after nine months of these two running around. Gabe and Etta, are you guys okay? <laughs> yes, uh, but I would like to know how you were tricked into getting colonoscopy. <laughs> so, you know, is it like Sting or Ocean's Eleven, where there's like <laughs> operation? Look, we have a very, 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 um, uh, I would say, boundaryless Cuban Jewish mother, and she loves. Like whether it's the insurance she's paying for or the free medical care we got in Canada growing up, my mom is the one who is using it to the max. Like she's like, look, I paid for this with my taxes. Everyone's getting a piece of it. Are buffets and, also a problem in your family? What'd you say? Buffets are also a problem. Yes. yes. Uh, oh yeah. My mom likes it. My mom just likes oh, a coupon. coupon. Anything. Anything where we can get a lot. And so I think Becky had to get one for serious medical reasons because Becky has like you know, actual colon things that have to be monitored. And my mom was just like, shy, you should get one too. And so <laughs> like, that's literally one. what happened. Like, I had one in, Mo in Montreal from my friend's dad, who is, uh, yeah, he like, gave me mine too. Yeah. All the, all the Jews in Montreal know each other. And in Canada, they don't use anesthesia. So you're wide awake and you watch it live. It was very <laughs> tremendous. 
Oh yeah, it's got to traumatic. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I saw it's like it looks like inner space because the the camera's just sitting on the side, and so you just see your butt up in the air, and then it gets closer and closer and closer and closer. And inside music <laughs> oh but my guy that does it for me in california lets me pick the music before he gets started every time um we get a lot of colonoscopies in this family but then but then you get knocked out with propofol so you know that's that's only in the united states um can can we pause one second i think you guys have to flip your microphone around you have to be able to see the the word blue has to be facing you that's right there you go. And then tilt yeah. it up a little bit, like you're looking at it, like it's R two D two. You can yeah. lock it. Uh, no, just you back can... a little bit. No, back, 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 back. There, stop. All right, now say hi again. Hi. That seems. Oh, wrong. oh yeah. It's not pointed at us. No, no, it is. No. The, the the front is the is is the intake, not the top. So like the. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Can't yeah, like it stands mind. upright. Think of it like you're talking into R2-D2's mouth. That is weird. Right, that's why it took me two years to get it right. I was talking into the top of the mic instead of this part, but on the other side for like years. And they were always giving me a hard time that my yeah. audio was bad. Yeah, if you, if you get up close just like that and like talk into it, it's... Okay. Okay. All right. Just, I mean, you don't have to get you don't have to get super close to it. And for short people, it should be up like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I will, I will I will cut that out. I just I, I wanted to make sure we make you sound as amazing as possible. Oh, no, keep it in. Keep it in. It's good. It's great. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Uh, okay. So let's let's actually jump to our let's jump to our wonderful guests. So first of all. Who are Diani and Divine? Where did it start? You are you have amazing chemistry. You have such an incredible mix of like great humor and satire, but also there's there's you can feel love and heart in what you all create. I mean, that's one of the things that made the selling and and apocalypse so special to me. Where does this come from? What is your comedy philosophy? Just lay it on us. Like to start? Well. Um, who are we? Who are we? Um, well, I'm Etta. <laughs> Very good. I'm Gabe. We met in San Francisco, uh, San Francisco State. Um, we were both in the same theater program, but somehow just managed to miss each other <laughs> the entire time that I was there. a lot of the same friends. Uh, her friend from high school and my college roommate, uh, were like a couple and we still, we never met until we were both out of relationships. And then we met at a party and she was, um, she was drunk because her roommate had been spiking the bottle of champagne that she had with alcohol the whole evening. So it, uh, she thought she just had a never-ending. I thought I, I thought I was having a little bit of champagne, but I was drinking vodka, so I was extra. Ooh. I was extra fun. She was very charming, and um, and then uh, we were in the same um, theater group, not theater group, um, improv group, improv group, and uh, but at different times. And I went to a reunion show and jumped up on stage in the middle of the show, and then afterwards we uh, he, he froze he froze me right when I had something really good right. Um, so we started but started I right still... off the bat with uh, with uh, white male privilege uh, interrupting a woman's <laughs> idea, <laughs> and uh, but then he asked me out as on my uh, answering machine as Lieutenant Columbo, so I forgave him. Right? You mean Peter Falk? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because mm -hmm. okay. we we were connecting about Peter Falk and how Columbo is one of the best shows ever made, and uh, and women love peter falk yeah. he's a great aphrodisiac so my, my wife is a big telly savalas kojak person her mother too interesting yeah 70, the 70s everyone loves detectives. a night stalker yeah yeah <laughs> uh and um and so i just like, excuse me sorry to bother you i just uh i, I think oh, i left uh, my friend at cool. your apartment say uh, night and uh, wondering if you want to get some dinner <laughs> And that is dead on. I feel that like whoever good. accepts that invitation, you know it's true love. So yeah, I, true I love. I mean, like I want to to read me the Princess Bride. Yeah, like exactly. I mean, are you doing the book on tape? And is there's an animated series? That was amazing. You know who's doing the voice? One hundred percent. 
If I'd known that uh, he uh, in the future would have such a dirty laptop keyboard, I may have um, <laughs> like not said yes. Um, <laughs> the future would have been different, but you know we don't know what we don't know. So. <laughs> right, the multiverse, mm-hmm. yeah, and whatnot. So you you asked Etta out before you started working together as a team. Yeah, yeah. So we were um, dating for a good little while. Um, I was in an, uh, a sketch group with Janet, and um, and then- the great the great Janet Varney for all, I mean we mention her every week, but just so in case anyone's keeping track, <laughs> the great Janet Varney, and uh, and then um, we sort of we moved to Los Angeles, and the group sort of went their um, separate ways because some members are still in the Bay Area, and uh, and then Ed and I decided well, like we like working together, we have a similar aesthetic. Uh, we live in the same place so we can rehearse together without having to go and going anywhere. Let's do a, a two person thing. And we were really big into, um, Nichols and May and, uh, we wanted to do something let our, our, my group with Janet was more sort of Saturday night live sort of types of sketches with like, you know, crazy characters and costumes. And then uh, like the lights go dark and, and then, you know, you change costumes to come up and it's like, I just was tired of, Carrying wigs around, schlepping clothes (laughs) and props and stuff like just two people on stage segue into the next sketch. And uh, it was cool. We could get in a car like the same car, not bring any wigs and like just get on stage like the like the stand ups did. And so we did that for a while. That was our goal. Minimalist. uh, (laughs) And and all the other all the stand ups would just assume I was his girlfriend, like tagging along. And uh, not talking going stage, right? And then, uh, and then we'd get off stage, and they'd be like, "Oh, look, you're a person. You, you're a human being." The, so, the strange world of back stand stand up backstage is must be interesting to navigate when you're not part of the convention. Uh, can I can I interject with a quick question? Mm-hmm. So, in the opening of uh, Danny and Divine Meet the Apocalypse, you guys are doing this sketch on stage, just this bit on stage of the tortoise and the hare. Is that one from an actual act that you do, or did you write that special for the movie? Because I was very curious about that. Thank you. Yeah, they um, the, all the sketches are from our act, from Ugh, what we did so over the years. We spent yeah. a while building up an act and doing festivals. And um, I assumed because it was so good, so and, good, and like so easy. And and when you, especially when you do it at the end of the movie too, um, it, towards the end of the movie, I I wanted to assume that it was something you worked on and didn't just write like the week before. Part of the inspiration was um, we wanted to sort of memorialize the material in some way because we'd never made any uh any sort of album or album or anything and uh we just wanted like a a record of it Mm. um a a decently shot uh record of the stuff some of the stuff that that we i mean i i I, you actually know all of the famous people so i'm not gonna mention them but like you know all the famous people (laughs) i i will i will say one of the like one of the things we've been talking about as siblings about this is that like it seems right now that every person who has told a stand-up comedy joke is getting a netflix special right now and when when we see something as original and as fun as the two of you performing together, we're both like, what the hell? We went to, so we went to college with the guy who actually runs comedy. He's not listening to this. Robbie Pra. We're like, Robbie, come on. You gotta, like, you give everybody a Netflix special. Diani and Divine, this is amazing. Robbie, what are you doing? It is, it is very unique. Well, thank you. Well, we stopped, um, doing like being in those rooms and stuff right when uh like stand-up started getting popular yeah right again. when the, the <laughs> comedy explosion started happening again it was just we uh, stopped doing improv right when improv start, started getting really popular and then we stopped doing stand-up right when stand-up started doing getting really popular basically you, we're too cool for cool yeah stuff. you're ahead of the curve, ahead of the curve. Yeah. and and then you made so then somewhere there you made the selling which yes. I I am of the three siblings. I love horror comedy. So the moment Janet and and I love Janet's work in Stand Against Evil. That's one of the two entryways to the Janet world that I ended up in. And when she tweeted that she had been in this delightful horror comedy, like I I watched it right away. I thought it was so funny and so I don't know if this is the right word to describe it, but I would describe it as relatable horror. It's like. <laughs> 
real good people. Like there's this scene where Gabe, your character, Richard Scary, which by the way, having grown up with Richard Scary books. Oh my that God. As the, a, that as a bit was made me so happy. They're huge in my house. Is you're talking to your where you're talking to your mother's character who is so sweet and well performed. And she talks about how uh, you 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 know you're a good person, but not a good real estate agent. And 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 your character's so honest. And the way you talk to each other, like the way you talk to each other when Ginger arrives on the scene, and then you go back to her and bring her in. There's just something so like, oh, this is how people would probably actually act in this scenario, as opposed to some of the other ones. I I just love that about it. What is the genesis of the selling? Uh, the genesis of thank you for the kind words, by the way. And the, the mom was played by an, an actor named Nancy Lenahan, who's just so delightful. She's wonderful. Yeah, she's great. Uh, the genesis started. Um, I got a, a phone call from a friend from college uh, who wanted, who was a theater director, and she wanted to direct the film. And um, she's like, "I want to make a movie, and I want you to write and star." <laughs> okay. And I was like. Well, uh, let me check my schedule. No one else in Los Angeles cares that I'm here. Uh, uh, yeah, let's do it. Um, so I had no idea how to write a movie. Um, we had written some internet shorts and uh, and sketches, and that was, and I had done some like short plays and stuff. Um, so I had to like learn how to write a screenplay um, over and over again, like just outlining and outlining and like re hundreds reinventing of, hundreds of walks, like. Right. trying to figure out you know the character and the story and there weren't as many sort of online resources and help to sort of figure out uh, structure and stuff and so i sort of was kind of reinventing the wheel on my own for a long time and uh, bothering this person she was my development executive uh, pitching her ideas uh, for a long time um, finally sort of cracked the story uh, discovered a book called save the cat um, that helped me to sort of learn um, uh, a version of three-act structure that helped to sort of focus it a bit. And Because uh, and we, you know, we've been in movies, that, you know, small movies that people spend years on and like put their heart and soul into and everyone on a movie set works so hard and it's so hard to make a movie. It's so hard to make a bad movie and uh, it's so hard to make a good movie. And the thing that we noticed over and over with these small movies that we worked on or movies that we saw at festivals was that like, gosh, if you just spent a little more time on the script, like. Or any uh, Netflix movie that they make yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. If they would, if they would that, only that's... spend time uh, on the script. <laughs> Cause you can't, you can't go rewrite it again. And like, right. you know, the, the, the people like, you know, the costume person is working so hard. The sound person is working so hard. The grip is working so hard. Wouldn't it be nice if they could be working on something that had a chance to be really good and it doesn't have a chance to be really good if the script isn't really good. There's lots of ways it can go wrong. That's it, it, You can't do much it, with- It can't go right material. if the script isn't good. So we knew uh, that. the air. Yeah. If you so can't breathe. We yeah. would just turn out draft after draft and do like a table read and be like, well, this sucks. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> how do we fix it? Until we, we got a version of it that we uh, that we thought worked. And um, and then we cast our uh, we're in this great theater company. Um, we're in, in Glendale full of full of that that actor, that actor you see on TV all the time. People like Harry <laughs> Groner and Armin Shimmerman and Kitty Swink and. And uh, I mean, you landed, uh, you did also land a, I would say, in some sense, a horror comedy icon in Barry Bostwick. That's pretty cool. And he, Barry, yeah, talk about working hard. He uh, does not phone in his scene in The Exorcism. That is so <laughs> funny. Yeah. He delivers that. It was so hot. It was like a million degrees up in that attic, too. He, he, yeah. His sweat is real in that scene. <laughs> um, hey, you're. Oh, I, I, one of the people you named, though, I have to take an aside on. My sisters are going to kill me. So everybody, one of my like special skills is appearing on podcasts and and passionately defending Cats the Musical and Cats the Movie. That is, I will, I, I, I go on Twitter and I see someone's doing an episode and I'm like, I will come on your show. You will walk away liking it more because of me. And I'm watching 
uh, I was watching it on Amazon. So Amazon has a little x-ray thing. So they say who the actors are. And I see Harry Groner appear. And Harry Groner is the original voice of Monkestrap, my favorite cat in Amongst the Cats, on the Cats Broadway recording from the 80s. And we saw him live, Lily and Becky, in Crazy for You. And I was like freaked out that Harry Groner, the original Monkestrap, was also in this. So you guys know the original Monkestrap? No, the original Monkestrap. That's huge. Also, just so you know, everything on this podcast comes down to shy hating um, um, The Last Jedi or loving cats. That's it. There's only two categories. (laughs) We should just change the name of the podcast. Um, yeah, I I love uh, an underdog movie. I love movies yeah. that people uh, denigrate. I love the movie Popeye. It's one of my favorite movie. <laughs> Robin Williams movie Ishtar. Well, that's a fucking fantastic movie. It is that is unfairly maligned. Uh, it's it's not perfect, but it it does not deserve <laughs> it as it just wildly over budget. Didn't make it's its money. It's nearly back. perfect. It's and kind of ahead of its time in a way. It's it's sort of like like right like I mean you're you're talking about stuff that people did not expect in that yeah. movie. Yes, I mean, I'm and it's say, a comedy duo. Telling movie. the truth is a dangerous business. Is a great song. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, <laughs> telling the truth is a dangerous business. And you know, if you want to go for uh, most miles of film shot too, it's also yeah. Uh, the making of the there. movie is uh, is quite fascinating. <laughs> So anyways, Harry Groner, if you see him, say, we did this podcast with these random siblings, and it was actually just a sneak attack to talk about what it was like working with the original Monkey Strap. Uh, um, so, he would uh, talk about it, too. What did you say? I'm, I'm sure he'd talk about it, too. He. Oh, my goodness. If Harry Groner would like to talk about being Monkey Strap with me, I would plot. <laughs> like, really. I had been... He sings my, he's the, my kids even know. They're like, oh yeah, the cat, the gray cat that opens up the slate. Anyways, but let's talk about more. Let's talk a little bit more about the selling and then we can talk about apocalypse and, and kind of jump from there. Um, not here if you want. <laughs> let's call him, let's bring him. Uh, <laughs> so what led, what led you to real estate haunted house horror? Uh, the director said, I have a um, access to a house. It was her grandma's house that was sort of empty. Um, it's not the house we ended up using in the, in the film. Um, but she, we're like putting together our, our low budget assets of, of like what uh, to sort of like, here's five things. Let's try to make a movie. And uh, one of those things was an empty house. And so, you know, I'm, uh, I've always loved ghost stories. Uh, I've always been fascinated by the idea of ghosts um, as a kid growing up. And um, and so, and then just the idea of real estate came from, there was actually um, the, the Eddie Murphy Haunted House movie, uh, Haunted Mansion, he was a real estate agent. And I was, um, no disrespect to the people involved in that film, everyone works hard in a film. I just don't think that it, it, it uh, uh, it hit the premise of a real estate agent in a, in a haunted house. And I thought, oh, you know, no one's ever really done a real estate agent trying to sell a haunted house movie. And so that was sort of the, the genesis of the idea. And then um, over the course of it, uh, you know, trying to figure out what type of character this was. And um, and then my my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, we're like, okay, well, if if and she had this really, really expensive uh, uh, uh treatment that uh, the insurance wouldn't pay for it's like well that there's a reason why someone um might do something unethical like trying to unload a uh, a haunted house so we really wanted to give the character a, a reason to do what they were doing um that was wasn't rooted in like uh you know i'm a terrible person and i'm you know i'm gonna learn my lesson about being bad and, 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 and i like those types of movies too but uh, but um we wanted to, to have- do something that we and and I think as a horror comedy consumer, there's like this desire to be almost like nihilistic with the end. Like people celebrate this film, Cabin in the Woods, which I admit I saw 10 years too late. And I love a good Cabin in the Woods murder thing. But I was kind of bummed out that like the, the end of it was like everyone was sort of miserable and the end is the end of the world. And what made you decide that you were going to go with like heart driven, likable 
uh, like that. And reason. also something quite personal. Um, it's a great question. I, I think at the time I wouldn't be able to articulate it, but looking back on the things that we've written since then, um, I feel like one of the themes that, that keeps popping up in our work is um, uh, good people trying to, to get by in an unjust world. And, uh, and I think that's just something that's in our core in terms of things that, uh, that we're thinking about. Um, and, uh, you know, I just- And interested in seeing. And interested in, in seeing. You know, we've had this great explosion, especially on TV of sort of anti-heroes and like great, great storytelling about anti-heroes. But I think also- Stuff I like to, to watch. I love, I love a Walter White. But I think it's also sort of conditioned us as a society to sort of empathize with psychopaths. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, you know, like everyone, you know, giving the, the actor who played Skylar on Breaking Bad, like death threats and stuff about why are you supporting your husband? It's like, um, she's kind of the hero of that story. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and so just, I, I don't know, just um, something in me wanted to do something different. Cause originally some of the early ideas was like, you know, this is a, you know, this person will sell anything type of person. And, um, and just like, it just felt like a dead end and just a, a version of storytelling well, that we weren't interested. I love that you end up selling it to people who really want it. <laughs> that, right. I thought that was a great twist. Like the whole time we're kind of expecting you to figure out a way to get like, you know, pull the wool over someone's eyes and justifiable because you have this altruistic motive. But in the end, the, that that's my favorite scene with the witches. That scene is so well done. And the, the oh, timing of it is so great. I, I love that. And then when they end up buying it, it's just, and then you end up getting possessed and the story continues, but it's just, I thought that was a great, um, yeah, that's like to Shai's point. Um, really fun and has, I mean, it scared the crap out of my mom, which I thought was hilarious because I watched it with her. And my husband is like a serious horror movie, like buff. He loves like real true horror stuff. And uh, I've been desensitized slightly, so I didn't like jump or anything. And I'm watching it with her who can't, as soon as someone turns a light off in a movie, she's like, oh no, I can't watch this. Mm -hmm. And so the when you when you close the medicine cabinet, I thought she was gonna hit the ceiling. <laughs> like, and I was like, mom, seriously? She's like, oh my God, like she lost it. And that made it all the, all the more better, uh, the experience. But uh, I do really appreciate that it had a lot of heart. Uh, and you know, great. to to each their own. But I think I think for for the three of us at least, we connect uh, we connect better with stories when the stakes are real and the stakes are high for the character. You know, um, and so that personal element of putting in your your mom's, um, you know, borrowing from your mom for your from your real life story about your mom, um, definitely for me, it, it elevated the story because I now feel connected to the character on a personal level and I believe in him. And I, you know, I'm really rooting for, for, for Richard scary. Yeah. That, so that that's level, very, yeah. That level of specificity, I think, you know, specific to you, I think makes it infinitely relatable to everybody else. Um, and I think the specificity in Diani and Divine Meet the Apocalypse is also amazing. The first thing Lily texted me when she started watching it uh, was, oh my goodness, this is me and Jose every time we try to leave the house. You guys, the hacking no, in that so scene. It's so good. We the way it's edited, the way it's written, the way yes. it's like every the way it's shot, like it is perfect. It is amazing. Yeah. I was like, this is my life. It's embarrassing to watch this. I was like, I clearly could never pack for the apocalypse. I can't pack <laughs> to go for like a picnic. That it was is, very real. That is great to hear because we were at one point worried that it was just way too specific to us. Like, are, is this nope. just name gazing? Like, uh, <laughs> nope. is anyone going to care about the idiosyncrasy? Especially of our when you have twenty people in your apartment, like standing around watching you shoot that. Right, like, right. You just uh, feel these like waves of shame. Like <laughs> I'm like the most ridiculous person in the world. Like making this stupid like interpersonal bullshit like even more stupid like but <laughs> no. and to get even more specific the line when you guys are bickering and I can't remember 
Etta, I think you're the one that, that says it, but I can't remember now. I never get to choose what we fight about. That line <laughs> killed me. I was, I was like on the floor. Like that was, it's perfect. Okay, if we're going to play this sums game, everything up. Then, okay. If we're playing this game, when, this I mean, I, kept, kept, I just kept texting, texting Shay and Becky lines, but um, one that has truly stuck with me is when <laughs> you say, can we, like, I think, can, let's go have diarrhea in the bushes. And Ed is like, I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> That's basically all of our like, like family I vacations with us diarrhea. and our parents growing up. But also I mean, like I love a good diarrhea joke and they they're exhausted. Like how are you going to get a funny diarrhea joke nowadays? That was just beautiful. <laughs> I was just like amazing. I texted both of them. I was like it's just the best. No, but but again, it feels earned because when you're boiling the water in the can and wonder <laughs> right. like, how long do you have to boil it for? I'm like, oh, I'm sure it's enough. Like then the diarrhea joke is really earned. <laughs> Because you know, realistically, 99% of the people out there who are going to have to boil their own water for consumption don't really know what to do. No one knows the rules. They're like, that seems like it's enough. It would be so unrealistic, like in The Walking Dead, which is something that I will bring up after, Shai, when we play one of your games. Like, somehow everybody knows how to survive a zombie apocalypse. Well, that's how like, they survive. Everyone people. who doesn't know how to survive has been eaten, Lily. <laughs> but, but I'm like, they never have trouble boiling puddle water in right. that show. <laughs> That's exactly how competent I actually am. Like, I know a bunch of stuff, and then there's, like, a glaring, like, hole in my knowledge that to apply to practical things. And that was part of the inspiration for the movie is like, we've never seen people who are unprepared for the apocalypse yeah. and, and all these sort of mundane, <laughs> boring things that are happening in between the zombie attacks. That's beautiful. Movie about and to come back to optimism. So I had it on in, in and I don't know if you meant it for a seven year old and a nine year old, but I have a seven year old and nine year old daughter. And during this very strange year of quarantine, look, my life and my family's life, like we're in the privileged, like however hard this year has been for people, thank God, thank whatever you want to thank. We have had ve a very easy life. And my wife and I have been really intent on making sure the kids maintain like optimism and a good attitude about it, right? Like you're stuck in your house with your seven iPads and Wi-Fi and like, whatever, life isn't hard. Not, not seven iPads. We don't have seven iPads, but you get my point. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> life, life is not hard. Um, and I forget what was going on in our house that day, but we watched, they watched probably like the last two thirds of the movie. And I turned to them, I said, so did you get the lesson about that movie? And they said, yeah, it's about staying optimistic even when things are hard. And it's about enjoying you, the company of the people that you're with, even in these terrible situations. And so I'd like you to know that this is, you know, as much as it's a comedy and it's a comedy with heart that we all got, I was able to turn it into like an immediate quarantine lesson for my kids. And I'm grateful for that. That's amazing. amazing. Uh, and um speaking of the speaking of the of the apocalypse yes <laughs> becky has hey, but also speaking of being ahead of the curve i mean talk about being ahead of the curve you were really ahead of the curve with that movie uh sadly. and now you're like eh, we're over apocalypse stuff what's the next what's the next big thing <laughs> everybody needs to be watching you two to know what the next big thing's gonna be i i'm sorry to say that we did it too <laughs> We um we did do it was predictions it was, for the next thing. Okay. Oh well, really? At least at least this way you guys can prepare. So you know. Yes. Yes. Oh wait. So well wait. Uh, well we'll get to your next thing in a little bit. But I'm excited to hear about whatever the next thing is. We will be there. We will be covering it in real time mm -hmm. if we can. Okay, um, my game. My game. Quickly. Becky's game. Yeah. Time. Becky's game. So Becky. Oh. Uh, Becky has created a a survival quiz. For you all lily and i may jump in but we really want to hear your answers here okay so first first quiz first question there's only gonna be three questions because we're, we're short on time first question in your survival pack you know because everybody knows when there's an apocalypse or a zombie apocalypse you got to team up who are the three three characters from movie television or other fiction that would be in your survival pack so it's a team of four you're one and you get to pick three Okay. So, um, in this situation, like one of us is dead in my situation, she's gone. 
Or maybe you guys. Or is that just the premise you're setting up for us? No, it can be the two of you. <laughs> you started me. You can do whatever you want. You're artists. You, can, you don't have to. I mean, like, you could say you guys, maybe maybe the apocalypse started and you were just kind of like on on different ends of the city. And so you had to just find your own pack. You each get to pick your own packs. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. Maybe your, your packs will reunite at one point. You know, you decide. I think these are fictional characters. Or yeah, you gotta pick. You gotta pick. Uh, I want fictional characters. Like, for example, I would pick Monka Strap and <laughs> Evie Barrett from Stand Against Evil. Those are. <laughs> uh, would you like to go first? Uh, yeah. Wait, first how many do I get? Get three. 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 Um, do I say them all, or do I we go one at a time? Oh, whatever you want to do. If you if you yeah, have all three, is... or I'm you ready. Need more time to. I'm going. Okay. If you got all three, go. I'm going Data. Oh, oh. Mm. that's From really smart. That's a good one. Wait, does magic exist? <laughs> Anything <laughs> fictitious exists. Because I'm going, yeah. I'm going Gandalf. Oh, my nice. genius. Yeah, so if you pick Gandalf, magic exists. Yeah. And I'm going Ripley. Oh. Those are way better Etta wins, fine. Gabe, unless oh. you've got something better. Wow. <laughs> Let her go first. <laughs> Um, okay, let's see. Uh, I'll really go. Good. I'll go with Popeye. Um, to we know how you feel, bad guys. Um, I will go, and he, he has uh, spinach with him to share with the group. Uh, and, and un, unexhaustible in his pocket, he just pulled it up. <laughs> um, and then I'll go with. Um, God, yours were so good really good like i've been thinking about this for a while and i did not come up with anything that would actually help me survive it's not like the most fun group though i can't think of that's true of this I is true gandalf, gandalf knows how to party it's true yeah <laughs> that's true he's got that i uh, had a weed or whatever it's yeah he's got his he's got his pipe and his fireworks he, you know you get like a little pink floyd laser light show oh and will there be any um tension between data and ripley i didn't think of that Oh, oh, yeah, she does not like androids. Does not like androids. But you need tension, like some drama. You and Gandalf talking about them behind their backs. Like, I get to see it. I may have just, I may have, like, done a really bad job. <laughs> no, I think you're going to be bad. I had on my list Seth Rogen from Knocked Up because you need someone incredibly annoying that you would want to sacrifice to Marauders. Like, I to chose, trade off. In my mind, it was going to be Fazbear. That's what I, was like. I need someone who's going to be slower and dumber than me that I can sacrifice. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love Seth Rogen himself, but the character knocked up, I find super annoying. So I was like, that guy, I'm definitely trading him oh, for a can of beans or something. I'll go with uh, uh, James Garner as Maverick because he's used to oh. sort of wandering mm. around from town to town. He's got a gun. And, and it was before his knee was bad. It was before his knee was bad, so he can run. <laughs> and uh, and also, like, he's he plays cards, so he'll, we'll have cards that we can play. Entertainment. Popeye. And a Divine from Dionne to Buy Meet the Apocalypse, the, the fictional version of her. <laughs> uh, yes, she, much that more counts. Than, you can uh, choose because, that. Because she's smart, and she will uh, tell us how long to boil the water. I feel like I'm smarter than her, and you she's are, more you annoying. Are, you, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think is that a right response for me. Nope. I have, uh, all I have right, Becky, your next I, question. I have a question. I have so many questions for that. I know, but I have, to, I have to. I have to not okay. miss Hanukkah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> let alone the fact that we have our guests that have like more important things to do than. Okay, on. fine. We'll only do one Three more question. On, uh, we'll we'll only do one. We'll only do one more question then. What are, What are your bunker essentials? There's no like limit. You could just name a couple of like bunker essentials. Uh, DVDs or Blu-rays. Just general DVD. It doesn't like not a specific one. Just any collection. Oh, like I don't know. Maybe the Criterion Collection. If I okay, that that'd be good. Um, or ours, which is a bit more eclectic. Uh, mm -hmm. Books. Books. For good sure. books. Um, to tell you how to do stuff. That we don't know how to do. Yeah, like tie knots and things. Yeah. Any one of those. Not yeah. <laughs> when you're in a bunker. Good olives. 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 <laughs> Very specific. All right. Um, good olive oil. Uh, good first aid kit. 
Oh, think, thinking practically now. And oxygen. <laughs> Lots of oxygen. Right. Oxygen, first aid kit, and DVDs. No, 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 no cats from cats. All right. Uh, now, What's your I... Now, All the DVDs of The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're probably in a bunker because I don't think they can give those away. Um, the... Um, now we'd love to play with you our signature games. So we have, we have, over the three years of doing this podcast, we have a few little games we like to play. And one of them is called Buy, Rent, or Meh. And we're going to give you three things, and you're going to buy one, rent one, and meh one. And it, this is taken from, from, I guess, generationally, we're somewhat similar because we remember the days when you could actually buy rent, buy or rent VHSs at right. the, at, when we do this with younger people, they have no idea what we're talking about. But Think of it in the days of, you know, VHS. You can imagine buying one when you were, you know, in your teenage, like that was one you really wanted in your collection. For me, by the way, Army of Darkness, probably the first one that I bought, one of the great horror comedies. And then meh can mean, it can be whatever meaning you put in the way you deliver the word meh. So it doesn't have to be negative per se. It could be like a questioning meh. It could be, and then, and, and there's a fourth category that can use, which is a bleh, but, but we have three options here. So bleh is only for something you really don't like. That's truly negative. And uh, we're going to do it with some famous haunted houses. All right. Ooh. So number one, The Shining Overlook Hotel, which is on Gabe's shirt, as we all noticed, in, in Apocalypse, right? Apocalypse, in, yeah. Apocalypse. It's an Apocalypse. I think <laughs> in the selling, he's wearing a shirt and tie. You're, you're right. It, it, but but when you're wearing an Apocalypse, it was the moment when I said, oh, the selling, like the shining. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> which no good. distributors understood at all. They, oh, okay. they wanted to change the title of the movie because yeah. they didn't get it. <laughs> I think then, it's great. And then the Poltergeist House or the Amityville Horror House, you can kind of interchange those two as just like terrifying houses. Right. Uh, um, and then, you know, one of one that's close and near and dear to my heart, which is the Cabin in the Woods from, from the Evil Dead franchise. Mm. Uh, so which do you buy, which do you rent, and which do you meh? And I can throw my sisters in to do this uh, Becky looks confused, so I'm going to say Lily. No, You're always good I, at this. I have an answer. Oh, all right, you have an answer. I also right, have an answer. I'm right, buying the. I'm buying buying the Overlook because even though it's terrifying, you really only have one horrible person to avoid, and otherwise you're in a gorgeous hotel. Right. So like, no one else is going to like try and kill you. you. Just have the one guy that you have to avoid, and otherwise you're just in like you know go get a drink at the bar. And um, if you stay there during the open season, it's really not that much of a yeah, problem. Exactly. Exactly. Get an apartment somewhere during yeah. the winter months. Um, then I'm going to do 100%. Evil Dead Cabin in the Woods because at least during the daytime, again, you're out in beautiful nature. You can go walk around. I can't remember. Can they get into the cabin? That always I need. I need. Can like they a get buffer. into the people inside the cabin. Like they end up, they end up like locked in the floor of the cabin. Yeah, but I feel like you can still fight them with weapons, so it's okay. There's still a means of defense, that, and I am not true. going anywhere near a poltergeist situation. <laughs> yeah, like, you're so not interested in your kid yeah. being taken through the TV. No, I understood it the opposite way. So I bought Evil Dead Cabin in the Woods because I feel like there's so much to work with there in terms of like iconic hunt. Yeah, I'm like getting Rainy attacked. Like, you just like never know what's gonna oh, happen. Oh, I thought it was my survival terror. in each one. Like, you how am I gonna survive? It however you want. That's the fun so of my rent. I buy so this is me in these houses. How I'm gonna survive. I think it offers a lot of like possibilities. Um, renting poltergeist because i'll just the, the and you mention it in the selling which i thought was so funny when you get pissed at the ghosts and you just like run off all these like horror movie classic things and you mention the melting face in the mirror um i just that movie's like, also so lily doesn't funny. poltergeist have the steak that moves and your husband really loves steak he does like steak but it's not um, a pool too right that's why i'd rent the poltergeist house because of the pool <laughs> and then the shining i was meaning that because i'm like that house is so big that ho it's like a hotel not a house like it's so big i'm like you just go to a different room i was like it's not and there's like some scary twins in the hallway whatever i don't know again I they're not gonna like hurt you right no one's so that's why you, to me it was ever. like you know 
even though obviously our movie's genius, but um, so our guest can go now if you'd like. You want to go first? I sort of already, by The Shining, rent the poltergeist pool and (laughs) I'm similar, but for different reasons. I would buy The Shining because uh, I think with good management, you can really sort of, uh, you know, you can make a good living from owning a hotel. And, uh, and like I said, just, you know, be careful about the, the winter months. Um, I would, uh, I would rent the, um, the poltergeist house because, uh, like an Airbnb situation, like I could, I could stay there, you know, we're, uh, traveling for a film festival or something. And, um, that's, that's fine. Stay there for a week or something. Don't touch the TV. That's all. That's yeah, it. We don't have kids. Um, we would, uh, I'd be worried about the dog. So we maybe, um, put the dog and, uh, have someone watch the dog while we're there. Uh, and then, um, not big on cabins. So I, I'd met. <laughs> And then, uh, an- that's amazing. Way to go. Round of applause for Gabe and Etta. That was beautiful. And then another game, I think we have time to, we have time to, first of all, are you all doing well on time? I like don't want to. Yeah, great. Yeah. We can keep going. Oh, okay. Hard out. I have the- to bake uh, bread later. That's my, my, okay. <laughs> my, my heart out seems is moving a little bit. So, so like, I, I'm on constant contact with my wife. Um, and, uh, we have another game we play called Rex RX, which is uh, our family is known for, aside from colonoscopies, just we're always with like a minor level of sick. And so we, we try to prescribe. That's a great and TV sentence, by the way. Our, our family is known for not just colonoscopies, but. <laughs> <laughs> that is, we have a lot of old friends that listen to this. They like, they're, you're speaking their language right now. Uh, <laughs> And so the way RexRx works is that there's a situation you might be in, a, a, an emotional situation, a physical situation. A sick day is a big one for us because the three of us used to always get sick and then stay home and watch The Untouchables. So like The Untouchables was like our big RexRx growing up. Look, we're sick. All right, get some nachos oh. and watch The Untouchables. Who's Harry Crumb? And who's Harry Crumb? who's Harry Crumb? Who's Great Harry John Crumb? Candy. Those are our big ones. And so- the Untouchables movie or the TV show? Movie. Movie. Yeah. Movie. We were, we, the, 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 I mean, again, this is like, by the way, an 11 year old, a nine year old, and a six year old watching The Untouchables (laughs) together. Our parents let us watch whatever we wanted. The Untouchables TV show is um, Robert Stack. Robert Stack. Oh, Oh, yeah. It's not, it's not a San Francisco, um, uh, sorry. Do you think of Streets of San Francisco? I'm thinking of Streets Douglas? of San Francisco with Michael Douglas. No, no, no. So um, I don't know what the answer. Robert Stacks is. It was a black and white um, show that the movie is based on. I don't know any. And, and then there was a there was a made for TV show, The Return of Elliot Ness, with Robert Stack that I watched on that Sean I. Sean Connery. Sean Connery won the Academy Award for Untouchables. Not, not, not the Return of Elliot Ness though. No. That was it. Was fun to see Robert Stack in that though. I, I like that the that the, the real life people are just like yeah whatever whatever. <laughs> we're just we're just gonna make them into like uh, superheroes and stuff and not pay any attention to uh, the facts. To at all. Yeah, <laughs> they're on horseback and they're like. <laughs> They're fighting with Mounties and stuff. I mean, growing up and watching that in Canada, which is where we watched that, that was a big, big scene. The Mounties, my parents were very excited. Kids, come down and watch the Mounties while they blow these people's heads off. (laughs) Our generation, they just let us watch whatever. 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 Whatever, but no, no. My mom took me to see Police Academy in the theater. And it's like, that is not a children's film at all. Yeah, that, that, that's like, I watched Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, I watched Revenge of the Nerds when I was eight. Yeah. Uh, it was a different so, time. A Rex, so we have a Rex RX. Okay. But we'd like you to play, you are now the physician for this fictitious patient, which is the three of us. What show or movie do you recommend for someone who is afraid to stay alone in their house because they think it's haunted? Like we have uh, our, our aunt, we love her, Aunt Margaret. Um, for many, many years, she and our Uncle Paul, um, who uh, recently passed away, um, they, uh, she lived in this amazing house in Marion in Philadelphia, which is, if you think of the movie The Sixth Sense, which is filmed in Philadelphia, 
As far as we're concerned, all of the houses in that area are the Sixth Sense house and our aunts. But and to be house. fair, I also texted you while watching this selling and be, and I was like, this is Aunt Margaret's house. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like, no, I think they you filmed shot it, it in Aunt Margaret's house. It's you literally, it looks like it too. Like this house is just like similar in a lot of ways. So if we were staying in that house overnight, we would need a Rex RX. Like for example, when I stayed in the house, my, my aunt's house when I was little, my, our cousin, our wonderful cousin, Ruthie, had me watch stay at let me stay up and watch Mr. Belvedere with her. And so Mr. Belvedere would be my Rex RX for someone because it got me through actually staying in a haunted house. What, what non-Mr. Belvedere answer would you recommend to someone staying in a haunted or a seemingly haunted house? Other than the selling and Diani and Divine Meet the Apocalypse, which are those are our go-to. Well when I was a kid I thought that my grandparents' house was haunted. And uh, and I lived there for uh, for a couple of months while my mom went to paramedic school in Los Angeles. And um, so I would like if I go with like the things that brought me comfort when I um, lived there, uh, old school Star Trek, uh, like uh, five, feet, five to six o'clock every night, um, the old Star Trek would come on and we just sort of, you know, lay on the floor and uh, stare <laughs> at the TV. And uh, so that was great. And then also... Um, I'd recommend the Wizard of Oz, which I thought ended uh, when they get to uh, when they're like skipping off to the Emerald <laughs> City, because that was eight o'clock or nine o'clock or whatever. It was like my bedtime. And it was like that was what the what word it hit before it went to commercial before bedtime. So I thought that was the end of the film. Before the monkeys in the trees and like the yeah, before terrifying the dark and poppy fields. Terrifying. All right. And how about you? Um, I think something. Uh with a lot of talking that you can also tune out. So no explosions, no, um, I'm going to go with the, um, the 90, was it 96 Pride and Prejudice? The Colin Firth, uh, Jennifer Ely one. Is it oh, yeah. But, and you can tune in. Soothing British and, accents. Yeah. You can tune in and be like so engaged because it's brilliant and wonderful. And you can also let it uh, fade into the background if, um, and just be beautiful if uh, you're a great wreck. And Darcy in his wet shirt is really comforting. Yeah. And, uh, and can still do it. I like, I like Darcy. I like Colin Firth's like uh, stud hunk status because I feel like that's an attainable amount of attractiveness for people. Right. <laughs> that's, this is not Ryan Reynolds here. Yeah. No. Okay, and now we come to the part of the show we call our, I feel like we should, like, I, we call it Rex and Shoutouts, but I feel like since we're big Parks and Rex fan, which kind of also reminds me of the vibe of your work, by the way, which is, like, funny, but funny and, and satire, but also with so much heart. Right. But like, like Richard scary to me, he and Leslie Nope could go on a re re real estate adventure and it would be amazing. Let's call Amy Pover. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're the one. We don't. Yeah, sure. You guys know famous people. <laughs> no. uh, so it should be shout outs and Rex. We should rename it shout outs and Rex. And that's what have you been watching to? What have you been listening to? You, you all are welcome to, to play along as well. Lily, what have you been up to? Um, so oh, I recently watched Kajillionaire. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this film, um, by the wonderful artist Miranda July. Oh, I Sorry, my, I forgot to plug in my iPad. Just kidding. Um, a hundred percent plugged in my phone instead, but sorry. Um, Kajillionaire. Yes. Miranda July uh, who I believe is an LA based artist. I want to say, um, and she, uh, is it Berkeley? Well, she's, she's from, from Berkeley. She's from Berkeley. I don't think she lives here. Um, and the movie takes place in LA and I loved her other film. Um, you and everyone we know, and uh, she's just, I think she's so cool. I love her work. And so I was very excited to see this film. I unfortunately watched it with my mom and my husband. It's probably the one movie not to watch with mom guys. Um, she had a lot of questions and, um, and I was, and then my husband was also like, is this like the lobster? Like the time you made me watch the lobster, are you just going to be like that? And I was like, okay, everybody shut up. Just let me watch my movie. And, um, I, I thought it was great. Uh, was, uh yeah, Richard Jenkins, uh, Deborah Winger, uh, Evan Rachel Wood. 
it was Angina Rodriguez. It was, I thought it was very cool. I recommend it. And um, not so cool was On the Rocks, Sofia Coppola's uh, like movie. Oh, with, uh, is that the one with Rashida Jones? No. Rashida, like yeah. Bill Murray and Rashida Jones. And this is like, a, a, maybe it's a script thing. I don't know, Becky, you probably know, but I don't think you have watched this movie. Um, Rashida Jones and Bill Murray, that's a very cool combo. Um, Marlon Wayne. Look, as I much as a know. big Bill Murray fan I am, I just, I don't connect as much with his like, constantly serious ish later stuff like i mean i love the great stuff but he he was great actually and 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 the you know what he was great and he was funny and like that part was fine i just think the movie fell short it was just sort of like okay it was like this this father-daughter story that could have been better um but it was also straight to streaming as good as the original arthur two on the rocks (laughs) <laughs> good pull that's awesome i'm making a face my, my sisters don't know what that is <laughs> there's no way they do it it was a sequel to the film I arthur know. and the that's subtitle was on the rocks on the rocks i that's what i thought it was i know arthur um that's what's his name yeah. and dudley uh dudley moore i was like dudley i was like what's his last more yeah and eliza minnelli um, Okay, they were such big stars that Dudley they made Moore. sequels with Dudley Moore and Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And so then um, we watched Billions, Umbrella Academy, and your guys' movies this week. And for an, a person with a new baby, that's a lot of content. So yeah. I got nothing left. Um, your guys' stuff is, it was a joy to watch. I was so excited that uh, we were introduced to it through Shy, through Janet. So uh, super fun. And, um, I want a quick shout out to Tony from the take two podcast, because uh, we were talking about Christmas movies last week and I was like, I don't know where to find this like really cheesy, stupid Christmas movie. And he, uh, Instagram messaged me. He DM me and was like, you can find it on HBO max Lily. <laughs> so thank you, Tony. Um, and yeah, that's it. Beck. All right. Beck, Beck, what are um, you up to? I've been watching the queen's gambit. I would not by Lily, but I was promised sexy chess by someone it is not sexy enough. Chess is not That's sexy. How it's a good show. Chess is. It's a good show. It's a good show. It's just when you see a trailer for an action movie and it turns out to right. be a you drama. Wanted, you wanted Veronica Lodge sexy meeting. I wanted movie. Riverdale chess and I got like sophisticated chess, which is fine. It's a great show. It's just not sexy enough. That's my only commentary on it, but I do like it. Um, and I watched your movies. Um, second time actually seeing the selling, but um, so so i rewatched it and, and then i i'm so excited i saw um apocalypse amazing um you know i saw a bunch of other stuff but yeah, the these are the important ones so um there we go how about you all and what's upcoming this is very important we uh for you forgetting what we watch instantly during quarantine uh you become so involved in a show but you know you binge it and then it's like Wait, what? What was, but things that we've really loved during um, lockdown were uh, Tales from the Loop. Oh yeah, which is a, oh really? I was yeah. that was something I was considering, but needed a recommendation from someone first. It is. It's got this really wonderful, weird tone where it's and and a and a slow pace, but not in a bad way. Right. Okay. It's it's. I think it's a really good lockdown watch if you're a, a sci-fi person. It's sort of like old school Ray Bradbury kind of sad but kind of beautiful um short stories all set in this one town so it's an anthology film or a series but it's uh but it's connected because someone who's a who's a minor character who has a, a one line in one episode then the next episode is about oh them. cool oh cool and, I like awesome. that kind of stuff yeah it's really it's it's beautiful and it's just got this there's something just really beautiful about it we love prospect um which uh, Pedro Pascal? Um, it's the, the the production design on this movie is just incredible. It is so beautiful. There's, uh, I mean, it's just the world building is incredible, and it's just this great. It's an, great sci-fi it's an movie. indie space western, yeah. basically about Ooh. this mother and daughter who go to this planet, prospecting, basically yeah. looking for this you know 
know, this space jewel thing that they that they want to get. And uh, and it's great world building, like she said. Uh, Pedro Pascal uh, shows up in it doing. Uh, he's like our new Nathan Fillion. He, mm-hmm. he's, oh yeah. He's cool. exactly like Nathan Fillion because they give him sort of like space westerny dialogue. Yeah. And he's got he's got a similar cheek thing happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see them on a buddy. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's great. We loved um, Kingdom, which is a Korean zombie series. Ah, not the March, not the not the MMA show, which we love. <laughs> also called Kingdom. Ooh, Korean zombie movies. Whew. And it's, it's, it's that's during the oh I darn it I forget the I forget the name of the era but it's uh it's like the the great the seventeen hundred yeah it's the amazing Korean hat period there the the men are in just these crazy hats it's uh, it's the costumes are incredible um, it's sort of like Game of Thrones but with uh with zombies and and loving these awesome. racks and that's the the, the stunts are unreal. Like the they'll have like five hundred extras like running at uh, at a wall and they're just running full out and hitting it and like I just we were a little worried for the I was extras. worried about all of the stunt performers they're really incredible you're such compassionate folks and what what is what's what's the like that is there a new um, Diani and Divine project coming new film new show. Uh, we've we've been working on a couple of different projects, uh, but sort of um, depending on if Dayan Divine had done well, right. what, what we would have done or not. Um, but we we spent a couple of years working on a, a script about um, a voter suppression in Wisconsin and and how it flipped a, a blue state to red in 2016. It's sort of like a big short type of satire. Oh, wow, so that's um, that's a. a a totally different thing from the selling disturbingly and relevant um right. yeah you are no. the kind of thing, guys. So, yeah. so we we did it again sorry um, right yeah. and so we're just working on uh, on trying to uh to yeah that's that that's out in in the hollywood world right now but if you guys oh. are have you guys seen rare exports i have not seen rare if exports. you're looking for a christmas movie it's a good horror christmas movie oh all right an amblin style uh oh all right all right wait are you guys in that so, no, 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 I would. Oh. We saw it on the, on is, the is it festival circuit. It's Norwegian, yeah. right? Yeah, we oh. saw it in Singapore yeah. when we were at a, a film festival for the selling. And I don't, oh. I don't. It's probably not for kids, right? Even though it has my favorite, one of my favorite it, nude scenes ever. <laughs> okay, well, I think you sold it for kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's not sexual. It's, it's extremely specific. That's it's a sexual nude scene. Um, it is a. a it it posits uh, Santa Claus is actually a demon. Yeah. Basically, oh, oh. drilling expedition in Norway. Well, for for our Jewish kids, like this Jewish is like kids perfect. Family. This is like exactly the propaganda. It, it, it uncovers like the real Santa, who's who's this evil, naked uh, old man <laughs> running around, yeah. being scared. Like it's it's like I, I would kids. let a kid. I would let a kid watch it because the nudity is not is non sexual. Like it's, it's not it's not a gory. Uh, no. It, it I'll just feels- say there's a bunch of naked men running. Old naked men running is the new scene. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll pre-screen. My wife will make me pre-screen. Yeah. Um, and as so, as we wrap our show, uh, Becky, where can people follow you? At Paper BK Princess on Twitter. And Lily. At Chichi C H I C H I K Gomez on Twitter. And I'm just going to quickly say that that when I shy gave helped me get that handle, and it is because now, and now I feel like I maybe should you have, don't have to explain yourself. I don't explain myself. <laughs> it's your last like name, Lily. Yes. No, that's not your first. Name. Your real first name is Chichi, and your married name. name is Gomez. There you go. Okay, I didn't change my name, so my name is Corman, not Gomez. That's my husband's name. And Chi-Chi is what I made Becky and Shai call me as a kid because I didn't have a middle name, but they did. And that, as if like a four-year-old, what I thought would be a fantastic middle name. And so I was Lily Chi-Chi because it sounded awesome. And I didn't have a middle name, and they did. And so somehow I've not been able to get away from it. Um, Because it's amazing. Behind them not wanting to give you a middle name. 
Um, because Lil, I don't know. Lily, I, I, no, Lily's named after oh, my mom's father, my, who had passed away she, right after I died. Right, right after I died. Right after I was born. <laughs> and so Lily's the second one. Podcast with the ghost. <laughs> It's a haunted podcast. Lily, so Lily, and, Lily was, and so they didn't want to mix it with any other names because names, yeah. And he didn't have yeah. a middle name either. So. And then, as an homage, my second daughter, my second, does not have a middle name either. As an homage to you, there, well, there you family go. tradition. There you go. Uh, so and, yeah, and Gabe know. and Edda, where can people follow all of your amazing things? I, I know Diani and Divine com is one of those places but are there other places uh i'm at at a divine on twitter but uh i'll warn you i just uh retweet like the, the horrors that happen so we used to be funny and tweet jokes and then now we just are, well, we are grateful that you responded to us. we're grateful you responded to us <laughs> <laughs> thank you for reaching out i'm uh, at Cape Diani, and uh, uh some sometimes i'm funny and i hope to be funny again that would be great someday on twitter well, uh, we are so grateful for our two incredible guests, Gabe Diani and Etta Devine, who uh, our as, as we talk about her all the time, Janet, our friend, our hero when it comes to podcasting and so many things, who she described, this is how she described you all. She said, you've, she said, basically, I've known them about both about 20 years and I don't know where I'd be without their friendship in my life. And she also shared a couple of fun stories just about being on set and what troopers you all are and navigating back problems and food poisoning and all of these things. And um, she's a very special person to us. So it's very cool that, that she feels, uh, obviously, you know, her way better than we do. Um, uh, but we are always grateful when we get um, uh, someone also who that, that she feels so strongly and wonderfully about um and so uh again thank you to gabe and etta uh you can follow me at pancake four table on twitter and instagram that's pancake and the number four table on twitter and instagram you can follow all of the friday night movie shenanigans at fry night movie on twitter and instagram uh, um, please join us in supporting the naacp legal defense fund and equal justice initiative as we remind people the election is sort of over is over but <laughs> hey look georgia's coming up people voting being able to vote people um uh p- people having uh, rights in this country uh, and being able to exercise their democratic rights does not end. That battle for that does not end. And so please check out those organizations. And if you see fit, if you see appropriate, please join us in supporting them. Uh, and uh, uh, the theme music will kick in in poster production. It is by What Does It Eat? Check out the music of that band on Spotify and on iTunes and all the other musical places. And with that, I say goodbye and thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for having us. Thanks. This was so great.